Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Psychology Today put out an article titled COVID-19, an unprecedented era of loss of control and uncertainty. They made this statement, widely shared feelings of loss of control and uncertainty are causing enormous anxiety and despair. Speaking to the events of the last year, whether it be the pandemic storms, whether it be rioting in the streets, the economy, or the very controversial presidential election. And so people feel that they're losing control and it creates anxiety when that happens. In part one, we talked about controlling the uncontrollable. Matthew 6, 27, Jesus said to the disciples, and which of you by being anxious, being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? He's challenging the thought that being anxious does any good. Being anxious, how can that add one hour to your life? So here's a statement for you this morning. Worry and anxiety will never add a single hour to your life, but it can take one away. It may not add, but it will take. Anxiety, we know, is detrimental to your health. In part one, we dealt with feeding the monster of anxiety. How do we address that? Well, number one, never allow your sense of duty to migrate to a state of responsibility. Refuse to hold on to what you should let go of. Number two, never forget that everything is father-filtered. Instead of cursing your circumstances, learn to interpret the situation in light of God's providence. Number three, never give in to complaining and murmuring and always remain grateful. When we let go of the need to control, anxiety will let go of us. And then this was the key point that I made last week. When we let go of the need to control, anxiety does let go of us. That was the primary point that I wanted to drive home. When we let go of our need to control everyone and everything, then anxiety will let go of us. It just lets go. And so in part one, we dealt with controlling the uncontrollable. And you're going to have to come to a place where you let go of that because you're never going to do it. Rather, it's the pandemic, storms, the economy, rioting in our streets. You're never going to control that. And so you're going to have to let go of that because when you let go of your need to control, you, anxiety will let go of you. Okay. So today, losing control part two. Father, bless the reading of your word. Holy Spirit, speak to your people today. And I pray that anxiety comes off of your people. I pray peace and freedom in this room. I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Let, let me talk to you for a minute about losing control. You see, we want to control what we fear, the unknown and uncertainties. We all want to do that. We want to control what we fear which is the unknown and the uncertainties of life. So what we do is we try to take control, which gives us a sense of power, which we think creates certainty in our life that equals that feeling of euphoria, satisfaction. So for example, taking control over someone's life gives me power to 
to determine their behavior, thus giving me that feeling of satisfaction. So when I try to control my spouse, my children, my friends, my coworkers, when I try to control people, it gives me that sense of power where I can direct their behavior and it gives me that feeling of certainty, that feeling of euphoria. We wanna control people. We wanna control our circumstances. As I mentioned last week, this is especially true of people with a type A personality, people that are driven, people that like to be in control, people that like to control their, their, surround, their surroundings, their circumstances, their environment, they like to control it. And being a type A personality, I understand that. I, I, like, I like for things to be a certain way around me. And when they get out of order, it makes me nervous. And so I have a tendency to try to control people and to try to control circumstances. And you have to understand with every personality, there's a strength and a weakness. You have to realize that your greatest strength can become your greatest weakness. If you're a type A personality and you're a directional person, you're a leader, you have to be careful that your, your decisiveness and being directional and, and being that strong personality that can lead the group that we need desperately, you have to be careful that that, that doesn't migrate over to that controlling spirit where you try to control people. It's like the person that has a personality of Peter. Peter was the, the life of the party. He was always speaking up. He was always, I guarantee you, he was the guy that just, he attracted people to himself. Paul was a type A personality, very directional. Peter was a, was the life of the party. Everybody liked Peter. That's why he was always getting in trouble because he was always putting his foot in his mouth. And you have to be careful with that, see? When you're the life of the party, you have to be careful that you're not undisciplined and you put your foot in your mouth and you say things when you shouldn't be talking. And so you have to understand that every personality has a, a strength that can become your greatest weakness. And you have to learn to self-control. See, we're always trying to control the world around us when you really should be learning to have self-control. You need to quit trying to control other people and circumstances and learn to control yourself. That is something that Holy Spirit will help you with to control yourself. And so we have to understand that there is that tendency within that type A, type A personality to control things, okay, and to control people. And then you get into that feeling of euphoria, okay, my world is right now. But you've got to learn, I have to learn to yield control to God. Now let's look at this. Guys, put it back on the screen, the, uh, the taking control plus power plus certainty and the feeling of euphoria. Just put that back on the screen and hold that up for just a moment. So look at this, taking control. We need to acknowledge the sovereignty of God. We need to acknowledge God's providence, that God's in control. Now, I've talked to you before about predestination. Now, this is my opinion about predestination. I believe that heaven's train is on tracks that have been laid, and that train is going to reach its destination. Amen? How many believe the kingdom of God 
is going to be revealed and God's plan is going to work out. How many believes that in the end of this thing, God's going to win? So I believe that the church is predestined. I believe there's a train track. There's, there's heaven's train, and that thing is going to reach it, reach its destination the way God intended. How many believes in the sovereignty and the providence of God? How many believes we're going to win in the end of this thing? That, that, old, that old train of Zion, my old AG came out, old ship of Zion, but that old train of Zion is going to pull into that Home Depot one day. It's going to come in there. We're all going to make it. Amen. But let me tell you something. Individually, I think people can get on and off that train as they choose. That train's going to get there. But you're going to have to make sure that you're on the train. You've got to make sure that you buy a ticket and you get on the train and you stay on the train. And as long as you stay on that train, God's sovereignty and God's providence is going to work its way out. You've got to learn to acknowledge that, that God's in control even though he respects the will of men. God's going to win. Number two, look at it. It gives power. You need to quit trying to take power, and you need to surrender your circumstances to Holy Spirit. Listen, you can't always control people and control your circumstances. And you've got to quit trying to take that power and usurp authority over Holy Spirit. You're going to have to learn to empower him in your life. And empowering Holy Spirit many times means you letting go of control and letting him take control. You've got to remember, you've got to give. Now, you've got to, you've got to understand this. You've got to give control to God. Do you understand that God's not going to snatch that out of your hands? God respects your will to choose. He respects you as a person. And God wants you to give him control. You've got to give it to him. And when you give it to him, you're surrendering your circumstances to Holy Spirit. You have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to surrender these circumstances to him. I'm going to trust him. It's just like with a pandemic. I can pray about it. I can do everything that I should do to be careful and to use wisdom. But at the end of the day, I've got to surrender this to him and I'm going to have to let him carry this because I can't do it. I can't. My shoulders are not wide enough. I'm going to have to trust him. And I'm going to have to empower Holy Spirit in my life by surrendering to him. Create certainty. You need to trust the plan of God. You've got to trust God's plan. Last of all, that feeling of euphoria. I need you. Now, listen to me, church. Those of you on campus and those of you online. I love you and I'm worried about you, okay? I worry about my people. So listen to me. Instead of you resisting everything that's going on in your world, everything, now keep that within the context of what we're preaching on, okay? Because you've got to resist, resist the devil, submit to God and he'll flee from you, okay? So keep it within context. But you, you need to stop resisting everything and everyone you're trying to fix everything. You're trying to fix this. You're trying to fix that person. You're trying to fix this situation. You've got to learn to stop resisting and learn to settle back and rest. You've got to rest. You can't control everybody. I know you want to. I want to. I want to control. You know, the other day, 
the staff and I, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody after the service and we were just talking about type A personalities and how that we want to fix everything. And we look at, you know, if everybody would just listen to me, come on now, let's be transparent. It's like you look at the news and you think the world's full of idiots. And if they'll just listen to me, I could fix all of this. That's that type A personality. And you have to learn that sometimes you have to let go of things and you have to let go of people and you have to just quit resisting and start resting. It's like I said to you last week, just because you have the ability to respond to something doesn't mean that you're the answer to that situation. Perhaps God is going to use somebody else. And you need, to re- you need to remove yourself and quit trying to insert yourself because you're getting in God's way. Respondability, respondability. You may have the ability to respond, but that doesn't make it your responsibility. You, doesn't make it your, you're the answer. So Numbers 14, look at this. But they presumed to go up to the mountaintop, talking about Israel. Nevertheless, neither the ark of the covenant of the Lord nor nor Moses departed from the camp. Now listen, Numbers 14. As you know, they did not cross at Kadesh Barnea. They did not go in. They backed off. Uh, You know, they they did not take the land. They they realized, you know, later, they realized they messed up. They're going to go in there and do battle. And Moses says, I'm not going with you. Let me tell you something. When God tells you to let go of something, you better let it go. When God tells you to take your hands off of a situation, take your hands off of it. When God tells you don't try to insert yourself into a set of circumstances, don't do it. So Israel decided we're going to go up. Well, Moses was smart enough. He said, well, I'm not going with you. And neither is God's presence. They presumed. Look at that word presumed. In the Hebrew, it means to swell, to be lifted up. Hmm. Let me tell you something. When we try to control things and we, can try, we try to control people, when we try to insert ourselves where we have no business, what you're doing is you're being driven by pride. That's a spirit of pride. The spirit of pride, as I said last week, just because I have the ability to respond to something doesn't mean that I'm the answer to that situation. That not every need is my responsibility. That I don't have to respond. Listen, that's a, pride, that's a spirit of pride that says, I can fix all of that. That's a spirit of pride that says, I can fix it. I can fix that person. If they'll just sit down and listen to me, I can fix them. You have to be real careful with that. Israel presumed to go up. Moses says, I'm not going. And neither is God's presence. You're on your own. And so you have to be careful that you don't swell up with pride. When Israel took charge... They forfeited God's presence, God's power, and God's provision. You see, whenever I swell up with pride and I say, well, I'm going to fix that person. I'm going to fix that set of circumstances. God backs off and says, well, you're on your own. And you forfeit his presence. You forfeit his power. You forfeit his provision, his resources. How many times have I gotten myself in situations and I made a mess of it? And then I went back to God and I let, he's right there where I left him, right back at the camp, the Ark of the Covenant and Moses is right back here where I left it. 
And you go back all beat up, bruised, and, and, and like the sons of Sceva, the devil says, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you boys? And whipped them and stripped their clothes off and kicked them out. How many times have we been beat up by the devil because we try to do something? God told us to leave it alone. Just leave that alone. Don't insert yourself. This is not the time. This is not the place. You see, when we take control, we take it from God. We take control. I got this. We take it away from God. I got this. Israel said, I got this. Moses says, you may have it, but I don't. I'm not going. And neither is the presence of God. You're on your own. So you've got to be careful when it comes to taking charge, taking control, because you take it from God. Now look at verse 45, Numbers 14. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in that mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Hormay. Now look at this. They came down and Israel took a whipping. And the enemy pushed them back to Hormay. You know what that word in the Hebrew means? It means devotion. So you see, the problem created by their pride was chasing Israel back to a devotion to Jehovah God. Whenever you insert yourself into a situation where you have no business, when you take on something where God said, don't do that, don't do that. And you go ahead in your pride and you think, well, I'm going to fix this. I can fix that person. I've got just what they need. I got, listen, the older I get, the, the, the more careful I am in giving advice. Unsolicited advice, just, it, does, it just doesn't work for me. So I've been standing with people before and they just talking. And they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And I'm just listening to them. And I start to, and something just says, no, they're just going to wait. If they want my opinion, then I may give it. But I, the older I get, the more gray hair and the less hair I get. I've learned. I've learned. Amen. Everybody, you agree with me? Some of you older gray hair people, some of you bald headed men, you agree with me? Listen. You just learn, you know, you learn to be careful in giving advice to people and just listen, listen and speak less. And so you just listen, but you have to realize that like Israel, you got, whenever you, you go into something and God's been telling you, leave that alone and you get beat up and the devil's chasing you with a stick, he's trying to chase you back to a devotion to God almighty. He's trying to chase you back. Listen, them sons of Sceva, when them devils said, Paul we know and Jesus we know, but you we don't know, and whooped them and stripped their clothes off and kicked them out, what they should have done was said, well, I'm going to go find out who this Jesus is. Look, oftentimes circumstances are trying to chase you back to a devotion to God. To go back to the camp, all beat up and bruised and bleeding, and to say to Moses and to say to God's presence, listen, we're sorry. We should have never done that. We presumed. We presumed. Let me tell you something. There's a difference between stepping out in faith and stepping out of presumption. Let's let that, let's let that percolate there a little bit. There's a difference between stepping out in faith and stepping out in presumption. God may tell you to step out and do something, but so many times in our presumption, we do more than what God told us to do. And then we want God to pay for it. 
And God says, I'm not paying for that. That was your deal. That was your deal. So many times we get into presumption and you have to be careful with that. But know that your circumstances may be trying to run you back to a devotion to God, move you back to getting things right with him. So here's a question for you. Is your grip on living life so tight that God cannot work out his plan for your life? Can I, can I take such a grip on my life, such a grip on it, got a, such a grip on my life that God just cannot, he just cannot work out his plan. It's like when I take control, I take it from him. And I just got it. So, so listen to what Corey Ten Boom said. Hold everything in your hands lightly. Otherwise, it hurts when God pries your fingers open. How many? <laughs> she said that. I didn't say that. How many, how many knows that you hold so tight that God has to come in there and he starts trying to pull them fingers back one at a time? And it hurts because I've got so much control. So here's a, here's a statement for you. When we lose control, God takes charge. When we lose control, God takes charge. I have to follow due diligence. There are certain things I have to do. So keep this within context. I have, I have a responsibility every day of my life. But when I lose control, when I acknowledge his sovereignty, his providence, when I realize that God's in charge. You see, when I, when I lose control, God takes charge. My second point, and this one here is important. So you've been paying attention, but pay attention more. Now, let me talk to you about why this is so important and the possibilities of the unknown. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 in the Passion Translation. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. You see, worry will pull you in different directions. Man, I tell you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to somebody this morning. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How many times have I overthought something, overanalyzed it, paralysis by analysis? I've said to staff through the years, instead of doing something See how instead of doing something the right way, sometimes you just need to do the right thing. Yes. Yes, sir. You need to get off your laurels and just do the right thing. But my personality, I can get frustrated because by my temperament, I'm a perfectionist. And so I have a tendency, if I can't do it, if I can't do it the right way, I won't do it at all. But instead of doing it the right way, sometimes you just need, you need to do the right thing. Just do it. Just perfection will cripple you. It's paralysis by analysis. And so he says here, don't be pulled in different directions. You're never going to get anything done because you're unstable in all your ways. He said, be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Okay, there's that word again. Tell him every detail of your life. Now notice this. This is the part what I wanted you to see. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers that you're looking for known to you through Jesus Christ. 
All the answers you're looking for, for your circumstances, for people, for your family, for life, all your answers are found right here, he said, in the peace of God that will transcend your understanding. So here we go. Making peace with not knowing opens the door to the unknown and all of its possibilities. Now let me pull that down where you can understand it. Making peace with the fact that I don't know opens the door to the unknown that only God knows and all of its possibilities that lie beyond that. How many times have I been worried about a lot of things, as he said. I'm pulled in different directions. Well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to do that. Well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to fix it this way. Well, this is a, And suddenly, out of frustration, you throw your hands up and you say, okay, I'm done. And God says, well, good. <laughs> now that you've wore yourself out and made me tired, and you're willing to admit, I don't know. Listen, again, with age and comes wisdom. And it comes, you come to a place in your life where you're able to say, I don't know. That's a good thing. It's okay. When you're younger, you feel the pressure to have an answer for every question. Who are the four horsemen? Who is the false prophet? Who is the Antichrist? I've heard everything from Kissinger to Gorbachev. We've always got the answer who the Antichrist is. So we got to know everything. But the older you get, you get freed up from that. And you learn to look at people and go, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, father, well, father, they call me father. Well, pastor, <laughs> pastor, well, well, <laughs> I've been trying to get my family to do that for 50 years and they won't do it. But anyway, people ask you questions and you get older and you just, you, you, you get to where you're very comfortable with saying, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And it's liberating. It's freedom to be able to say, I don't know. And that's, that's a very, that's a revelation that people need. To be able to make peace with, I don't know, then God says, okay, now, let me, let me reveal to you the unknown and the possibilities that lay beyond that. Think about that. How many times, how many times have I thought, I'm, this is the answer, and God says, no, son, it's over here, the unknown. So... <laughs> You okay? Okay, so the possibilities of the unknown. Number one, let me go through this quickly. Your greatest moment of creativity is realized in the realm of his perfect peace. Your greatest moment of creativity is realized in the realm of his perfect peace. Philippians 4, look on the screen again. Don't be pulled in different directions and worried about a thing. Then he went on to say, God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you. Notice that. Don't worry. Frustrated. You're pulled in different directions. God's peace 
will take you beyond your understanding and it's going to help you to find the answer. Do you see that? Do you see it? Look at it. A, B, and C. A, don't worry, pulled in different directions. B, the peace of God will, it, it goes far beyond your understanding and then C, you'll find the answer there. The peace of God. Most translations of Philippians 4, 7 says that this peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I preached it that way for years. It will guard your hearts and minds, and that is true. But in the passion, it says it will make the answers known to you. So here what, here, here's one way of saying that. The peace of God. He said, don't worry because you're going to be poured in different directions. You're going to be confused. He said, rest and stop resisting. Just rest in God's peace and it will reveal the answers to you. It will guard your heart and your mind from anxiety. It will guard your heart and your mind from worry. Right, am I making sense here? I want you to see this revelation in the scripture. I want you to see it. Worry causes you to be pulled in different directions. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. But the peace of God that will go beyond your understanding of the situation, and it will reveal to you the possibilities of God's unknown, okay? It's unknown to you, not to him, but it's unknown to you, the possibilities. That will reveal to you the answer that you're looking for. Because the peace of God will stand like a sentry. It will guard your heart and your mind from worry, from anxiety, from confusion, from double-mindedness. It will guard. The peace of God is what you need. I've said it to you many times. When I'm at home on Fridays and Saturdays and I'm praying, I'm seeking God and I'm writing and I'm, 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 I'm digging out the Greek and the Hebrew and I'm looking for the historical context and understand the culture of the day and I'm trying to understand what Jesus Jesus is saying to these fishermen and what does that mean and, and sometimes I'll hit writer's block and when I do I'll get away from it either I'll go lay down on my couch and I'll close my eyes and I'll shut my mind off I'll shut down my soul be still my soul and I relax and I let the peace of God come over me and in that moment Suddenly, creativity is realized. Understand this statement again. Your greatest moment of creativity is realized in the realm of his perfect peace. When you're looking for an answer, look, sometimes I'll lay on my couch. Sometimes I'll get in my car and I'll drive to Chick-fil-A. Now, Chick-fil-A doesn't bring the revelation. But just getting in my car at lunchtime and shutting everything off. And quieting myself. Suddenly, Holy Spirit says, now, can you, can you hear me now? How many understands? Listen, whenever you're frustrated, whenever you're trying to find an answer, whenever you're trying to find a solution, you need to learn how to get still, find God's perfect peace, and then, like Verizon, Holy Spirit will say, can you hear me now? Because the peace of God closes out the static, the interference, the worry, the frustration, the confusion, your mind, your thoughts. See, God is wanting to shut your mind off sometimes. He said, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you need to quit thinking so much and be still and know that he is God and let him talk to you and the answer that you're looking for will be found in the perfect peace of God. 
You're trying to control your business, control your church, control your ministry, control your family, control your circumstances, control your world. And you need to know that when you come to a place where you say, I don't know, suddenly the peace of God opens the door to God's unknown and all of the possibilities that lie beyond that door. You need to buy the CD off of this just for that alone. (laughs) So real quick, worry and anxiety is frustrating your creative genius. Your greatest creative moment begins where anxiety ends. The peace of letting go will guard against anxiety and release your creativity. You see that? Created in the image of Elohim, creator God, We are instinctively creative, and the answers are in you through Christ. Do you understand that? The answers are in you through Christ. The hope of glory. The answers to the things of this world. You understand, I've preached for years that the church should be a creative womb. And out of this womb, there should come answers to science, to economics, to government, to the arts, to education. The greatest paintings should come out of the church. The greatest writing should come out of the church. Because we're created in the image of Elohim, creator God, and instinctively, I'm creative. And so we should be the most creative people in Beaumont. We should be. The world is looking for answers. The, how, many, how many research this sometime? Google it. How many creative ideals that have transformed the world came out of Israel? You'd be shocked. Uh, how, how many ideals have come out of Israel? Those Jewish people that are chosen by God, there's a creativity there. And if the, if the Christian, if the, the, the church in America would ever awaken to this truth and realize that the best songs, the best books, the best artwork, the best ideas, the best creativity and science, all these things. Listen, it should come out of the church, but the church has been beat up and beat down for so long. We don't recognize who we are in Christ Jesus. I'm not talking about humanism. I'm not talking about pride. I'm not talking about putting the art trust in the arm of the flesh. I'm talking about recognizing who I am and letting this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. I think there's some ideals that could transform the economy here in Beaumont since within this church if I could awaken the spirit of the entrepreneur and that thing could come out of people in this church. Yeah. Jeremiah 29 11. I got to do it again. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So what does God know about your future that you don't? Remember, Philippians again, don't worry and be pulled in different directions. Let the peace of God come over you and that will reveal the answers to you by guarding your heart and your mind from confusion and anxiety and double-mindedness. Now you can hear my voice and I'll speak to you and reveal to you the unknown and all of the possibilities, things that you've never thought of before. What does God know that you don't know? What does God know about this pandemic that I don't know? 
What does God know about the economy that I don't know? What does God know about my church, my ministry, my family? What does God know about your business that you don't know? You're trying to make those widgets better than they've ever been made before. You're trying to produce more widgets than anybody else. And I understand and I commend you for that. But maybe you need to get alone with him. And maybe you need to go into prayer. And maybe you need to let the peace of God come over you. And let God reveal to you the unknown about widgets. There's a land of possibilities. That lies beyond what you know. Jesus. Number two. We're going to make it. Say we're going to make it. Say God knows something about time that you don't know. I need a Kairos moment right now, Father. Just stop chronological time and just... You did it for Joshua. Do it for me. Let the sun stand still. Okay. Number two, freedom from the limitations of your understanding opens the door to God's limitless knowledge and all of its possibilities. The force of the uncontrollable. Now, I want you to listen to this. Think of Israel going on that mountain to fight when God told them don't do it. And they drove them back to devotion. Okay, so think of that. The force of the uncontrollable may be redirecting you to an outcome greater than the one you would have initially chosen. The force of the uncontrollable may be redirecting you. I can't control this. I can't control this. I, 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 and, and maybe that you can't control it. The force of that is trying to push you in a new direction. Okay, say it this way. Every closed door is just as important as an open one. You walk up to a door and it slams in your face. Instead of getting angry and mad and pushing and kicking and scratching and cussing, you don't cuss, I know that, and trying to force that door open, why don't you just step away from it and realize that a closed door is just as important as an open door? Because this closed door is removing that option and pushing me towards an open door. So an uncontrollable situation. Listen, now I'm not going to go into it, but I've had some situations in my life that was, we'll say, uncontrollable. I tried and I backed up and I came this way. And I tried, and that didn't work, so I backed up, and I tried to come this way, and that worked. And you get that disturbance of peace within you. And I didn't listen. And it cost me. In some cases, dearly. Dearly. So I've learned that an uncontrollable situation you learn with age to back off of it and say, let's just let this, let's just let, let's just back away from this for a moment. Something's not right. How many's ever done that? Just something's not right. Your peace is disturbed. And when you back up and you say, Father, I'm going to let go of this thing and put you in control 
And when you do, God says, okay, now I'm in charge. And suddenly he reveals something to you and go, there's your answer. Because of the peace of God. And you're, you're letting him be in charge, okay? So you have to understand that an uncontrollable situation may be trying to redirect you to a better solution, okay? Acts 27, 15, you okay? Notice this, Paul, ship, remember the nor'easter, the, the hurricane came in and, and they had thought they all were going to die. He ends up on the island, okay? But look at what it said. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. We let her drive. Let me tell you something. Sometimes when you get in a storm, you need to take your sails down and quit trying to control everything and just let that thing be. Let her drive. Just let it be. Here's a statement for you. The storm you think is going to destroy you is only driving you into your destiny. Paul had a destiny. And that storm, it looked like it was going to consume them. And Paul called them guys together and says, look, the angel of the Lord stood before me this night and said, not one man's going to die, but you're going to have to let go. You remember they start trying to fix it? You remember what they were going to throw the, the, uh, the prisoners overboard? And they, I mean, they were going to start trying to fix this thing. And Paul says, don't do that. Let go. Just relax. God says, nobody's going to die if you'll just relax. And so they just took the sails down and they just let that thing drive. Sometimes when you're in a storm, you just need to let go. You need to quit fighting the waves and the wind and the lightning and the thunder and just let God be God. Like I said last Sunday, in the boat, Sea of Galilee, uh, was it nine miles long, six miles wide? They're three, they're three miles into that thing and the storm is raging. The waves are coming over the boat and uh, the, 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 the disciples are just, they're scared to death. Jesus is up front asleep, okay? And, and they're all scared. And I made the statement, if I'd have been there, I, I hope that I would have went up there and said, I don't know about y'all, but I'm gonna go up there and take a nap with him. He seems to have this thing. Listen, any storm you can sleep through, you can deal with. Any storm that you've got enough peace inside of you to sleep through, you can calm that storm. You can handle it. Sometimes you need to take the sails down. Just relax. Let that storm go. Let God work it out. God's taking you somewhere. That storm that's behind you that you think is going to destroy you, it's driving you to your destiny. It's driving you somewhere. How many times have I been in a storm and I, I landed on the, on the other shore and, and, and I thought, well, I'm off course. And you look up and here comes Legion and God wants you to set that man free. I'm right where I needed to be when I needed to be there. That storm isn't trying to destroy you. It's driving you to your destiny. Oh, Jesus. Stephen or David, come help me. Why he's coming. Beyond the uncontrollable. Beyond the uncontrollable. Potiphar's prison takes you to Pharaoh's palace. Satan's attack takes Job to his victory of double. Judas' betrayal leads us to man's reconciliation. When we remain in control, we limit the possibilities of our future. When we remain in control, we limit the possibilities of our future. 
When Joseph got to the throne, second only to Pharaoh, robe, ring, sandals, he's sitting there, second. And he looks back over the journey, the prison, Potiphar's house, the pit. He looks back and he goes, man, I'm so glad I didn't short circuit the process because the process of the problem led me to the palace. I'm so glad I didn't do that. Think about had he thrown a hissy fit and said, I ain't doing this. Think about it had he given in to Potiphar's wife. Think about it had he grumbled and complained and became an ingrate. Think about it had he got a bad spirit and a bad attitude. God said, you can't handle the job I got for you, son. I'm sorry I love you, but you can't do it. But because he kept a sweet spirit, because he let God be in charge, because he surrendered control to him, he ended up second to Pharaoh. Listen, beyond, beyond, beyond Potiphar's prison is Pharaoh's palace. You don't know where God's taking you. And when you remain in control, you're limiting your possibilities. If you'll just let God be in charge, take themselves down and let the, let, the, let the circumstances drive and trust him, listen to him, follow his plans, follow his strategy. I'm telling you, it'll lead you to your destiny. So you got to learn to lose control and love it. So today's takeaway, number one on the screen, when we let go of the need to control, anxiety will let go of us. Number two, when we lose control, God takes charge. Number three, the answers to our challenges are found in the peace of letting go. When we recognize God is in control, when we recognize he's in control, we can rest knowing we don't have to be. And I wish I could say that to the nation. When you recognize that God's in control, you can be at peace knowing I don't have to be. I don't have to fix every problem. So today I can learn to lose control and love it. Be at peace. Type A personalities, you can learn to lose control and love it. Those of you that are driven, you can learn to lose control and love it. Because he's got this. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.